Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clydes and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at at ballparkbus. All right, Nats fans, we are here on a, uh, a special date, special time, uh, with some scheduling conflicts, so we went ahead and got this in. Uh, you got TJ Lanamire here. I'm here with uh, Matthew Davila. Davila. Didn't I say that right? Davila. <laughs> Could have sworn that's what I said. Anyway, He's just then messing you got with the huzz. Then you got the huzz. And David Huzzard. The huzz. Yes, hello, thank you. All right, guys. Make sure uh, you're the huzz. <laughs> I don't think we should be. Oh. I think we should. It's a. Uh, it's hasn't been it's long since we've gone through this. A uh, couple of wins, a couple of losses, a couple of really terrible injuries. Uh, let's let's get started there with catchers. Uh, how much catcher depth the organization has? Hmm. How much we had three days ago? Yeah. How much <laughs> we have now, which is Flores. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and we have Carlos Maldonado. Don't yes. short him. Mm. Don't yeah. we have a guy named Solano, too? He's, he's hurt. hurt. Mm, he's hurt. Yeah, of course like... he's hurt. <laughs> Middle of last it? month, I think. You know who's the catcher in single A? A scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of issues all of a sudden with injuries at all levels. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Anthony Rendon. Yes, uh, Brian Goodwin. Perk. Jason Worth. They always name every injured national at all their levels. We, it would take all day. We'd never yeah. talk about anything else. Now, Perk's not actually hurt. He's an extended. Oh, really? What's you, up with that? Like, what's his name? Robbie Ray was on the yeah. DL, quote-unquote. He was an extended spring training. Why was he in, Why is he in extended spring training? Just to work on stuff? Work on mechanics or something. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. See, I thought they were actually injured. We'll have to have Byron on. Ask him what's going on with him. As far as catcher depth goes, I mean, Ramos is... Everyone says could be out for the season. He's out for the season. He's officially on the 60-day DL. Oh, is that who they moved over? They didn't move Leon? Correct. Yeah, they, okay. It, Leon said he could be back in four weeks. Yeah. From a high we'll ankle sprain? Apparently, that's what they said today. Don't those usually encompass fractures, or is that just a myth? I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. <laughs> okay. I, I just he'll he'll probably. I mean, he says he'll be back in in four weeks. So that's him. We'll saying. See him in. We'll see <laughs> him in uh, in 2013. <laughs> that's not a that's not a doctor saying it. That's the player saying, "Yeah, I'll be back in four weeks." I mean, yeah, last, that's true. The last time the Nationals let a player diagnose themselves was Michael Morris, and we see how well that went. Yeah. He's not worried about it still. Yeah. 
Hmm. Well, that's good. Considering okay. Well, do we on the mend? <laughs> do they start looking outside as far as backup help? Well, they already have. Reportedly, they were scouting Boston catchers, which would be Jared Saltalamacchia and Kelly Shopit. Shopping. It'd have to be Shopping. I mean, we'd have to give up quite a bit for Salty, wouldn't we? I don't know. I mean, do we have Mark to share anywhere? Gerard Saltalamacchia. <laughs> Is that how you say his name? Jared. Jared. I think Ger- Jared. Guy. Jared. Why does he spell it Gerard? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. I'm pretty sure it's Jared. <laughs> He's a weirdo. His name's Saltalamachia. Enough said. Okay. Well, we have uh, the market cornered on guys with obscenely long names. Lombardozzi, Zimmerman, Zimmerman. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it would really cost. I mean, he's slugging quite a bit. Well, five, he's, he, five, he, well. He'd be a, a perfect national, you know, with his 305 on base percentage. It's 281. No, right now I'm at career. Oh, yes, career. Uh, well, I mean, he <laughs> what a good night the other night. Yeah, it. a good night last year. Yeah, I'm not cool. sure it would cost as much, but the question: Are the Red Sox ready to admit that they're rebuilding? Mm. Probably not. Yeah, I Probably would have not to for pay. another six weeks or so. That they're one of those denial teams. Yeah, and by that time, Leon's back. So, well, there you go. There's the trade. And, I mean, really, Maldonado uh, defensively isn't terrible, from what I recall. That's Um, really the job of a backup catcher. Yeah, and that's all we need is we need him to be able to catch Henry Rodriguez on days that Flores needs off. Yeah. So, I'm not particularly worried there. Granted, I did like our catcher depth that we had, having Mm -hmm. Ramos and Flores, but... Even getting back to Flores and Leon, I I think we'd be okay. I think I saw somebody say, "Boy, I bet the Nationals feel stupid about that uh, Derek Norris trade." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> right, because an organization needs seventeen catchers just in case of injury. Needs at least eighteen. I don't know who you've been talking to. <laughs> I mean, you can predict these sort of things. I mean, I, you, you can. You can. I bet they feel you, stupid you about trading can. Michael Burgess because of what happened to Jason Worth. <laughs> Well, I I, that is one thing that kills me is the first thing people go to with this stuff is the med staff. Mm-hmm. Worst injury, um, <laughs> Ramos's injury, and now Leon's injury are all freak things. Yeah, that's true. There's it has nothing to do with strength and conditioning. Nothing. They were that, just that, unlucky players. That's a hilarious concept that you know strength and conditioning has something to do with the injuries that the Nationals have suffered. If you well, were you strong, say, your your wrist wouldn't break. You know and, in ancient China, when the people were practicing Kung Fu, they mm. would hit trees mm. to build up bone strength. So, I mean, that's really what the Nationals training staff needs to work on. They need to take these guys out in the woods next year and just have them forearm some trees a few times and kick mm. them. And then the bones will get stronger and they won't be as injury prone. You know, there was a time when I thought hitting my face against the wall would make me more handsome. <laughs> I was I was very surprised to find out it didn't work out too well. Yeah, but, I think that would only hurt. You know, for about the twentieth time, that's kind of what I landed on. <laughs> All right, well that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting uh, note there, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for that one. Um, yeah, yeah, but 
Yeah, so um, that was Saturday night that Ramos got hurt. Yeah. We actually we, uh, we won that game, right? We won that game. Yeah. Two to one. The Nationals won two to one against the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. And um, here's an interesting stat. This for Sunday, the Nationals are two and five in games that Edwin Jackson starts. It seems like that should not be the case, even if he is the weakest link in the rotation. I think it's more that he gets the he gets the the, the days that you know the Nationals are like, and eh, we won for the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And then they feel bad about is, it, and they they get Detweiler yeah. a win. Yeah, Strasburg's now six and two, uh, or not Strasburg, but team, the team is six and two in days Strasburg pitches, six and one in days Geo pitches, mm-hmm. <laughs> four and three for uh, Zimmerman, and I believe after last night they are now four and three for Detweiler. Now, let's look at uh, let's look at Jackson real quick here, running through the numbers. Um, the loss against the Mets, he gave up three of the four. Uh, loss against Houston, that that was mainly on him. And then Gorgelani proceeded to come in and implode behind him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. He uh, Granted, he only has two decisions, a win and a loss. Um, the loss against San Diego, he gave up nothing over six and two-thirds. Uh, the loss against Pittsburgh, he gave up two and seven. And then the loss against Cincinnati, he gave up three and five. So... Let's let's see. San Diego, that was a blown save by Clifford. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh, was that the Barajas game? Uh, it may have been. He may have been the uh, the tough luck loser in both of those games because yeah. the yeah it was it was a walk off ah, home run. So two walk offs. Yeah, are... he was the uh, he was the one that that got to suffer those two Henry Rodriguez walk offs. Yeah. So yeah, so the team is two and five in games he starts, but not really because of him. No. <laughs> so, yeah, know. that's true too. I mean, you know, like, I like the um, you know games, on, you know, the the result of a game based on how a guy pitched because you know, not even if he goes seven innings, he can still get the loss. You know, gives up only one run. We've seen that. We've seen that movie before. A. Uh, yeah, thanks. Those, those stupid cliches that I love. Yeah, yeah, stupid cliches. But uh, I mean, yeah. Here's a question. You know, people always talk about rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, mm-hmm. but the Titanic was going very high north. It hit an iceberg, so it was cold. Why would they have deck chairs on the Titanic? Bunch Who's going to be sitting outside on those deck chairs? Because they look good in CGI falling off the boat. Okay. Feng shui, man. Feng I see. All about your chi. <laughs> I'm sure before the Titanic sank, people had plenty of time rearranging those deck chairs because, you know, they didn't actually predict it was going to sink. I think the whole Titanic thing as a as a metaphor for like like if people talk about like, like the twins calling someone, oh, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Well, the, the twins are sinking already. The mm-hmm. Titanic was the unsinkable ship. It was sort of a surprise when it sank. I mean, wouldn't that be like, you know, more or less the, the you know, Red Sox or Braves collapse would be more equatable to the Titanic than a team that is doomed from the start of the season? I agree with no, that. Yeah, that you've, was, you've got that down. 
Yeah, but that would imply some sense of logic amongst a large group of people. Okay. And that is illogical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, but, you haven't been practicing your Vulcan, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> um, I just don't understand the logic of the human race. Yeah, the are foreign to me. Mm. You must be a Vulcan. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Henry Rodriguez. Let's uh, – you know, I find people's reaction to him – a bit illogical. Uh, we saw early in the season, we saw Henry Rodriguez at his best. We saw what Henry Rodriguez can do if he has confidence in himself and he has all his stuff. What we've seen recently is what happens to Henry Rodriguez when he does not have confidence and is missing two pitches. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I believe that in order to for Henry Rodriguez to be effective, he has to have somebody behind the plate who can block the pitches that he throws because his best stuff, like his good slider, his good breaking ball, they're they're nasty. But they're not just nasty to the batter. They're rough on the catcher too. And I'm not you know, trying to say anything bad about Wilson Ramos, but he had a lot of difficulty with Henry Rodriguez. Well, there's two things I want to bring up. That was my thinking as well. Uh, and then there was the other night when uh, – last night? Yes, last yeah. – Yes. When Flores was behind the plate. Yeah. Well, no. So, I mean you do, have to, you do have to put some of the – you know, I mean it, Henry Rodriguez is not innocent. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, no. Not at all. What I'm saying is that if you watch Flores behind the plate though, he gets just about every pitch Henry throws. We're not going to have the pa- – or – as many of the pass balls that we had with Ramos Correct. back there. I um, mean, you watch you watch Flores behind the plate, and how he makes some of those catches are just beyond me. Because like, if you actually just watch him, you know the way when when Flores goes to grab one of those crazy sliders that take a weird bounce, it's in his glove, and I don't like he gets it on a third ricochet. I swear, <laughs> like it, it'll hit off the batter batter's bat off the plate, and then it'll be in his glove. Well, I mean, I think partly what happened Sunday is you saw the impact that a player like Joey Votto can have. Yes. That he just sort of works his way into the consciousness of the team, and they just start thinking, oh, no, Joey Votto is, is, is close to coming up. And just Henry Rodriguez couldn't stop walking people. I think uh... – one thing about Henry Rodriguez too is he he might not have the mental toughness you need to be a closer right now, you know. Because he I don't know if that exists. Well, I, I do, I do because I mean, if you if you start thinking about stuff, trying to be too perfect, then you, you walk a guy crap. You start to think about it. You walk another guy. You're starting to think about it more. You're starting to worry about the next guy who's coming up. You're starting to lose confidence in yourself a little bit. It's you know just I mean? likely to happen in the seventh inning or the eighth or whenever. Well, that's, that's true. You know, I think I'm if, not... you, if you bring it back just a little bit, um, he's having confidence issues as a whole, not necessarily just to be a closer or just to be anything else. It's that, I mean, that one first thing goes wrong. Mm. And it's downhill. When you saw him, what was it, Friday night when he just looked filthy? Mm-hmm. 
Was it Friday night? Or yeah, was, uh, yes, yeah. that was Friday night. That was Saturday. Or Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, oh, cause, yeah, because you got to yeah. say it on Saturday. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, it was just disgusting. It would be nice <laughs> when I can watch these games again. Well, he, 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 <laughs> threw, he threw 10 pitches, 9 for strikes. Yeah, he got he struck out the side. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 I mean, not that long ago, we got to see what Henry Rodriguez is like at his best. And that's and, you know, I mean, that's we, and you know, he he did it a few times last year too. And, you know what? I think this is the nature of Henry Rodriguez. He's going to be on. He's going to be off. You know, we've said it before, and I say it all the time. It's like Henry Rodriguez is exciting to watch, whether it's good exciting or bad exciting. You got to wait and see. Uh, yeah. That is true, but th- here's something else that I want I – mean, people are talking about, you know, we need to move him out of the closer's role because that's where he's having problems and yeah. into the seventh inning. Well, I don't know about that because – Yeah, no, I agree. I, I have this, this theory here. I don't know if, if, if most people would go along with it or cotton to it as they say, uh, but I believe that runs in a baseball game – whether they're scored in the first through the eighth inning count the same as runs scored in the ninth inning. It's just like people who say that you need to win, you know, win those late games because, you know, it's like the games in April don't matter. Oh, right, yes, because we're still practicing. We're still practicing. Um, You know, it's just that that might be the solution uh, to Steven Strasburg's little innings limit problem is – that just to make him the closer for the ninth inning in games in August and September, because that's the only inning in the only games that count. Because hmm. baseball is a one-inning game, folks. It is a one-inning game. You lose a game in one inning. You can. If it's <laughs> you can. Ninth. Yes, you can. I know, but I'm just trying to be <laughs> you know, sarcastic, and you're not letting me do it. Come on. Or don't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just don't like you having fun, man. Why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's not nice. I mean, I think Strasburg is a guy who could do that if we I wanted him to. <laughs> if we wanted him to being the caveat. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't like bouncing uh, starters back from the no. bullpen to the uh, – which brings up an article that was written today. If I can – here's the paragraph I am looking for and referring to. Um, let us go ahead and see. This article sort of meanders and rambles around. So the whole thing, it's on ESPN by Howard Bryant, who isn't a full-time baseball writer, but he writes about every sport. So he's one of those ESPN guys that's there to do every sport, and he is paid for his writing ability, not his analysis. So (laughs) that is, uh, he is a good writer. Maybe not the best analyst of yeah. his sports. Uh, but here is his paragraph on that. The truth is, despite receiving the Hollywood treatment from Brad Pitt, the general manager today is a better paid bureaucrat. Some are better at evaluating young talent than others. Others are better at spotting free agents. None held to the accountability standard of players or managers. All profit from the false currency of important sounding phrases like sample size. Cashman and the Yankees sounded wise and smart and responsible with the infamous Jabba rules to protect the career of Jabba Chamberlain. But he has never pitched 160 innings 
yet still needed Tommy John surgery on his elbow after 28 and two-thirds innings last year. Well, I don't think you can compare uh, Strasburg's innings limit to what the Yankees did with Java Chamberlain. And I don't remember anyone thinking that that was smart when they did it. No, I mean, and it's very different. Um, the Those rules, I mean, even at that point, you're right. People were, you know, what are these guys doing kind of thing. The the innings limit after a Tommy John thing is uh, almost, uh, I, there's a word that I'm looking for that I can't find right now. Uh, it's standard. Yeah, there we go. Standard, commonplace. Ha, ah, commonplace. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> but, um, it, it's just, you know, the article's relatively long and people should read it for themselves. But, you know, he gets into his, it just breaks down at some point in time where he just starts ranting against the newfangled stats that people like to use. And I don't know what that has to do with an innings limit. Uh, <laughs> but his last paragraph is also relatively interesting. All of this, of course, is nonsense, simply the illusion of responsibility for the sake of appearances. If the Nationals actually go through a magical summer and the city of Washington has a chance to experience playoff baseball for the first time since the Dust Bowl, Strasburg, the ace, should pitch when needed. If he doesn't, fans should line up and pay for something else. There's this kid, Robert Griffin III, who will be in the area. And the city should demand 611 million refund in cash from the Nationals for building a stadium for a team that isn't trying to win. And especially for a front office that prefers looking smart to actually being smart. I completely disagree. Yeah. Uh, I have two words. Mark Breyer. Yes. <laughs> I have two words. That guy's a moron. That's more well, than two words. I, was say, I think that's more than two, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it, it's worth reading to just see what people sort of on the outside of the outside think. He's outside Washington, and he's outside of baseball. So it's it's kind of he's kind of in the place where Michael Wilbon was when he was writing for the Kornheiser Wilbon type of columnist. So he also but, knows nothing. Is what you're it's, saying. It's kind of the whole, you know. Jack of all trades, master of none, sports writer. That usually doesn't go well for a sports writer. No, it usually leaves them sounding fairly incompetent. I mean, just an opinion. I, I mean, I, I do agree because I, I can't think of that many sports writers that really could write about everything. I mean, if you look at Boswell for the Post, he writes about he writes about baseball, football, and golf. You know what? I've never I seen him write about hockey, and I've never seen him write about basketball. I've seen him chat about hockey. Um, he doesn't write about it. I don't think he he knows. He probably he tweets about it sometimes. I've seen tweets anyway. But I mean, he lives here. Yeah, but not like yeah. articles. Yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway, you know, I wonder what the who was this guy who wrote the article you're talking about? Howard Bryant. Howard He's a Bryant. Well-regarded uh, columnist for ESPN. I wonder if he would be okay with me marching to his door. Knocking on his door and demanding my money back for his, you know, brain wasting time. Well, there is there is one one plus to his ESPN columns. Mm. They're not insiders. they're not behind a paywall. <laughs> ah, so you can actually read it if you want to. Yes. Ah. He wants people. He, he he's well, a guy I, that I think the goal of his his columns isn't so much his opinion 
but sort of creating a reaction and starting a discussion. Oh, he's one of the he, he's a he's a Kardashian. Not really, because he, <laughs> you no, know, he doesn't want he doesn't want to be in front of the discussion. He just wants to start the discussion. Yeah, but everybody, you know, making people talk about him or talk about what he wrote. Yeah, but not him. What he wrote. Yeah, yeah. Is it different? I mean, the majority of his of his columns are about baseball. Um, but he he has been known before to be one of these people that uh, baseball fans get on him a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they do with uh, John Heyman, you know. So you can uh, and a lot of people would disagree with about the Strasburg's inning limits. And so you know, Rizzo has said there is no limit. You know, Davies said, we know what the limit is, and they're just not sharing it, and everyone's assuming this 160 innings because that came from somewhere at some point in time, probably not the Nationals, but it just sort of has taken on a life of its own to where the perceived reality has become the reality. Well, it came from um, Zimmerman last year. They said he'd be on a similar track, and he was, what, 162, 164? Yes, he, he was 160 innings limit, but he came out after 161 and a third. Oh, okay. I want to say. Yeah. Because it was his last start, and it wasn't going so hot. Yeah. Now, if you have um, read the extra two percent, there is a little. Um, what a fantastic book! There's a little. Um, what is this phrase? Anecdote about a blogger out there who came up with uh, looking at. At pitch FX, and he was able to predict pitchers' injuries by the pitch FX, by where their release point was, where their location was, and how that changed, sort of the trends of that. And the Rays hired him. Well, if it's written in a book, you can bet your money that every single team in baseball now does that. That's probably what. They're, they probably have someone in the Nationals front office where that's their job is to sit here, look at the chart, the pitches, where they go, and see – for that look for that trend. And when they start to see it, say, all right, you're shut down now. Hmm. That would be an awesome job. Just saying. I don't know if it would be as awesome as you think. Sitting there watching pitches all day? Um, on a computer screen. On a computer screen. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe I'm just romanticized by any job in baseball. Yes, I feel any job in baseball would probably be better than the average job that the average human has. Um, (laughs) Mortal humans in their regular jobs, their (laughs) day jobs. (laughs) Again, I feel that way, but. um, Yes, no, I, I, I do wish I had a job. I don't know if I want a job in baseball, but I think, you know, a job that will allow you to watch baseball every day would be quite awesome. a good job. Yeah, that would be a good job. Like, you know, talking about it on the radio for a few hours, unlike what people do in D.C. And when they do, they say things that may not be um, intelligent, <laughs> like that uh, the ninth inning is the only one that matters. <laughs> the, oh, you know what? You know what inning really mattered today? The first. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty important inning, I think. I think if it goes better, we have a shot at winning that game. Well, <laughs> let's let's look at the two losses against the Reds. Yeah. 
Ross Detweiler comes out. He there's a couple blown calls. He ends mm-hmm. up giving up four runs on a grand slam to Ryan Ludwig. First inning. All right. The Nationals come back. Uh, they tie the game. The game goes into the uh, into the uh, extra innings, and they end up losing eight to five. Yeah. Now, Isn't that important. Now you fast forward to uh, to May thirteenth, this past Sunday against the Reds again. The Nationals have a nice, comfortable three-run lead. Uh, going into the eighth inning, that vanishes when Harper loses a ball in the clouds. And then they have a one-run lead, and Henry Rodriguez gives up four runs. Nationals lose six to nine. Well, the difference in five and eight and six and nine is three runs. They lost both those games by the same run differential. Four runs were scored in one inning in both of those games. Just happened then in one game, it was the first inning. In another game, it was the last inning. Yep. I mean, it... You remember, uh, you know, I went back and looked at the starting rotation back in 2009, and for some reason, one game that stuck out to me was a game that Craig Stammen started. It was a day game, and he gave up five runs in the first inning, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) The Nationals scored one run, and the game ended on a 5-1 loss, if I recall correctly. I have a feeling that any game, no matter what the inning is, if a team gives up four runs in one inning, they probably lose. Yes, this is true. You give up one run in an inning, you can overcome that. You give up two runs in an inning, you can overcome that. Three, you can overcome that. Four is when it starts getting shaky. Five, it's a wash. I mean, you know, I looked at the score today at one point, and Ryan Perry came in, and the score was... I think, you know, it was five runs at that point. Five to one? Yes. And I just kind of laughed when he gave up the sixth run. <laughs> I mean, it was a – Davey Johnson didn't care if they won that game at a certain no, point. The, you, you knew that the moment he put in Tom Gorzolani in the fifth inning. Yeah, he pitched Gorzolani for, for three innings and Perry for two. And you combine that with what Strasburg did and they had the game of that. I mean, yep. there was three pitchers, <laughs> one game, and – Nobody well, got hurt, and they got out of the game. Essentially what David Johnson said was he said, boys, looks like we lost this game. Send out the B squad, and that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. He sent out the B squad. And you know what? The B squad did exactly what they had to do. They gave up two runs. <laughs> and you know what? It, the one thing that I think is nice about the last couple games is the Nationals have been showing some life with the offense. That you know? they have. Um... And I mean, you, you, Harper, he hit two home runs in the last two days. I was I had the privilege of going to Nationals Park yesterday on a whim. I emphasize the H for fun. Um, and I got to see Harper hit his first home run. Sadly, I also got to see a catcher making his Major League debut get bowled over. And yeah, it's kind of, you, you give and you take, you know. <laughs> there, was some, there was a lot of fun stuff that happened in that game, but there was a lot of Ugh, moments in that game too. You know, the game yesterday was was really a, the unique baseball game. You know, it was it was a wild one. You know what I mean? Like, I I really thought that yesterday's game is is one of the most interesting games in baseball, simply because it the average baseball game is a chess game. 
it's, you know, it could, it could turn at any moment, you know? I don't but, know if it's really that involved. I think it's more like just letting a simulation run and sitting back and waiting until a time you have to intervene. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> but that's okay. You viewed base- baseball very differently from me. I think That's the best okay. baseball games are when the manager can just sit back and doesn't even have to intervene because oh, his starting pitcher just I goes agree. right out there, does his job, and no, that's I, that. I, I enjoy those games, but it's interesting, you know, because it's unpredictable, is what I'm trying to say. It you know, is. there there was there was multiple times last night, beginning of the game, the Nationals get one run. You're like, oh, this looks good. Uh, give up the run. It's tied one one. You're like, well, this doesn't look as good. Then we get the lead back. Oh, it looks good. Give up the lead. Suddenly it doesn't look so good. Then suddenly we get the lead back. <laughs> and then, because why not, one guy, Xavier Nady, hits a home run just because. I, I still refuse to believe that was him in the jersey. Yeah. I, I could see the 21, and I think I saw a goatee when he was running huh. the um, and but you know also the realistic one was Tracy hit a home run as well. Um, it was an exciting game, and then you had the ninth inning where it was. Well, I I'm, I might have had a panic attack. I'll, I won't confirm <laughs> or deny that. Uh, <laughs> but the but you know so that was crazy, and then yes. immediately thereafter, Sean Burnett comes in. Gets gets the guy I forgot who was at bat to ground into a one two three double play to end the game. It was Guzman at bat. Yeah. Guzman, that's right. Jesus Guzman. So all that craziness that happened in the ninth inning, no harm done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now there are two ways we can go right here because we we kind of talked about closers already, and there's a little bit more to go down that road, or we can talk about the offense. Which way are we going? I think we should go down the closer road. Yeah. Okay. Road. So because. Uh, Here's my feeling on closers. And there might be a number of people that disagree with me. Uh But I don't necessarily think that you need to have your best pitcher pitching in the ninth inning. If you look at – go back a couple uh, Sundays to a game the Nationals lost against the Philadelphia Phillies, that it was close at the time. It was 3-1, to I believe. And the bases were loaded. George Zimmerman came out for, I think, the seventh inning, loaded the bases, no outs. Yes. In came Craig Stammen and got the Nationals out of it without giving up a run. That was a spot to use your your bullpen ace guy. That was the spot to say, all right, this is the guy I believe in. Get the job done. You know, if and you can almost – you can look at a lineup at a certain point in time in a game and sort of predict when batters are going to come up. And so maybe now, you know, you start looking at the matchups more than just we have this guy, he's our closer. Because the Nationals don't really have a guy that's good enough in the bullpen to be an everyday closer like Drew Storen can get anybody out. Yes. And you know what? I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And here's why. Because I like the Winstat. It makes some pitchers look really good. Did I say Winstat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like that stat better than I like the save stat. Is what I was trying to say. I like saves, but I like the win stat better. <laughs> and if, if some guy who's labeled a quote unquote closer 
can't get the job done, but he can on some days, but doesn't on others for matchup reasons. You know what I mean? If, if you got two guys who can get three outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, I don't care if he throws 95 or if he throws 88, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's three outs. Just get the three outs. <laughs> no, I mean, I, if I, you look at, you know, if you look at the matchups, <laughs> matchups against San Diego and against Cincinnati when Henry came in the last two times, both of them were the bottom of the order. He should have been able to do that. Yes. And so you kind of you have to look at him and think, well, you know, maybe this is a guy that you put him against the bottom of the order and he starts walking guys. All of a sudden you're back at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. So maybe he should go in when it's like the fifth batter or something. Where you know that danger sort of doesn't lure. Where if he gets into trouble, the guy he's going to be facing is going to be the eight or nine batter. Um, and then if you if you go to the ninth, or if let's just say you get to the eighth, and it's the you know you have the bottom of the order in the eighth, maybe you go well. Clipper can wait an inning. <laughs> let's yeah. bring in Matthews to set up Clippard here and let Clippard pitch against the top of the order in the ninth inning. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you, we, we've kind of touched on it. You know, it's the same thing. Three outs is what you need. Doesn't matter what inning it is. You know, it's more you need, to have the lead in the ninth inning. Yes. And, you know, you just need to get three outs. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing how hard it is. You know. To watch a guy try and get three outs. And then, you know, I mean, I feel the same level of, well, I do anyway. I think of it the same intensity-wise when the bases are loaded with no outs in the third inning as when the bases are loaded with no outs in the ninth inning. And if you have a lead in both situations. You know what I mean? Yes. Because, you know, every run in the game counts as one run. No matter when they come. And preventing runs is just as important in the first through eighth inning as it is in the ninth inning. And that's just that's that's the thing that I you know, this whole closers mentality and the myth of all this, you know, experience closer stuff. It just you know, maybe the save stat just needs to sort of be a stat decided on by the official score or something that, that the safe stat, let's face it. The reason it exists now is to get people lots of money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's There's why no middle good. relievers don't make as much, but closers make bank. Yes. If Clifford was a closer, he'd be heading for a big contract, but right now he's not heading for much. Yeah. If they cared about holds as much as they cared about saves. I want, yeah, saying. yeah, true. <laughs> you know, think of it that way. You know, maybe a couple of years down the road, somebody's going to start looking, wow, he had six holds in four games or some crap. Like, ah, that can't happen, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think uh, people are already looking at that, but I mean. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was thinking that, like that thought crossed my mind the other day when I thought to myself, when are they going to start counting the hold stat as important? They already thought, oh, that as an official stat. So. I mean, you know, in a way it, it makes sense, but I mean. I don't. It's. It, I like stats. I like stats. I do. 
but you know, there's, there's a time when when it's just like, all right, we got stats. Be easy on the stats. <laughs> I think the important thing is just having enough pitchers to be able to have. You know, you need if you have a good starting staff, and you figure guys can go seven innings more often than not. And when they come out in the six, it's a rarity. So you really need three really good pitchers back there that can shut down the other team for three innings. And if you think about what three innings are, if the guys do their job to the best of their ability, you're facing three guys each inning. So at that point, you know who's going to be facing who if everyone does their job properly. Yeah. And I mean, uh, one of the things that I've seen uh, people trying to bring up is, I mean, obviously the the first thought is, well, who are we going to replace Hot Rod with in the ninth? And uh, Dave, I think you're spot on that we're just a team. We don't have a quote unquote closer. It's whoever's best for the spot in, in the game situation. Um, but the person that I've seen whose name comes up a lot first is Clip and uh, there's not a chance in hell that Davey's going to put him in that situation of you're the closer. Um, and then the other one is uh, Stammen. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like that at all. I like having the safety net of if someone blows up, if, you know, Jackson exactly. gives up, you know, six in the first inning. You that we Stammen can ha- for three or four. Yeah, that he can come in and be a stopper and at least keep the game there. <laughs> so if the offense wakes up and can – put something together, we're still in a game as opposed to, okay, we need to throw Gorzolani in because, you know, this is over in the third. You know, another another example of that is what if there's a rain out, you know, uh, say Steven Strasburg comes out, pitches one inning, and that rain delay today, well, he didn't pitch an inning, but you know what I mean, yeah. pitches one inning, and then it rains for two hours. Suddenly the game picks back up. You're not going to put the guy who started the game back in there. You need somebody who can go three, four, maybe five innings. Maybe five is a lot. Five is a lot for a reliever. <laughs> but, you know, uh, who can go a couple of innings and, you know, give you a chance? I, we've all seen it happen before where game gets rained out, starts up at midnight. <laughs> but yeah. you need a guy who can pitch. And, you know, you need a guy who can pitch multiple innings. And that's what you have Stammen for. That's what you have Tom Gorzolani for, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's something kind of scary. The Pirates, since they won their series against the Nationals, they won those two games. Then they lost two, and they've now won three in a row. So that's five out of their last uh, seven games that they've won. Now they're coming into uh, Nationals Park tomorrow, and they're going to have – um Geo versus Bedard, and then Zimmerman versus McDonald. So that, oh, that, is Bedard that good to go for tomorrow? Yeah, that's well, what they said. What was up, with, what was up with that when he got pulled? Backspat. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's a little worrisome that the, the, the Pirates are doing so well. Well, that yeah. game that we lost to, to the Pirates, that one in particular. Um, that was the game that Henry Rodriguez blew, or no? Yes, no, he wrong. blew it. Rahas hit no, the home run. 
that wasn't the Eric Bedard game because we got owned oh, yes. by relievers. That's right. Yes. By by a long reliever, as a matter of fact. I mean, well, their five of their last seven were four of our last seven. Yeah. Well, the the, the Pirates may be joining the Nationals on that track there because they are down six to one to the <laughs> Miami uh, do- Hurricane. I mean, whatever Miami, the hell whatever they're, they're called, the Miami yeah. Mysteries. <laughs> Miami Marlins down there. Yeah. I, I still can't say Miami. I, when I started, it, I want to say Hurricanes me. or Dolphins or Heat. It confuses. Or... It confuses. It makes no logical sense. They moved from Miami to Miami, essentially. And yes. they they went from being Florida to Miami. The uh, the alliteration gets me. I don't like it. I don't either. Miami Mar- – no, stop it. Stop it. Get a new name. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. So um, speaking of uh, – us winning four out of the last seven. The offense has picked up quite a bit. The last five games, 51 hits. Now, granted, those 51 hits haven't turned into the amount of runs that you would think would equate from that. Well, here, check this out. Okay, look, let's go back to May 8th against the Pirates. We lost four to five, scored four runs. That's nice. Lost to the Pirates two to four. Not so nice. Beat the Pirates on the 10th, four to two. Next day, seven to three against the Reds, then two to one against the Reds. Then we lost to the Reds six to nine, one against the Padres, eight to five. Today we lost one to six. Our offense is a little bit streaky, evidently, but nonetheless, you you have to you have to like what we're seeing because you know we're not just winning one run games. This month we've won a couple of fairly well cushioned games, you know. Yes, well, we haven't we haven't had the quote unquote blowout blowout, but we've had some some laugher type wins like a seven to one win or you know those are technically blowouts. They are technically blowouts, but it's not like you know we we scored double digits. You scored two. <laughs> in <laughs> you know? uh, in fifteen days, we've had two wins that were not save situations. Yes, and that is nice to see. But uh, the I think the reason the Nationals are leaving so many of those hits on base is that they still have a relatively low slugging percentage. Mm-hmm. It is now 380, which is better than five teams, which is better than Philadelphia, Chicago, Cubs, Houston Astros, the Pirates, and the Padres. And that's it's just, better than the 345 we were hitting like two weeks ago or three yes. weeks ago. So that's that's just in the NL. I didn't look at including AL teams, so I'm sure they're better than the Twins and probably the Mariners as well. Yep. Let's see. The Nationals in the major leagues are 22nd in slugging percentage. So they are better than we are better than the Cubs, Los Angeles Angels, the Mariners, the Astros, the A's, the Twins, the Pirates, and the Padres. Yes. You're you're forgetting the the Phillies in there, aren't you? And the Indians. Teams that we have a higher slugging percentage than. Yes. Hmm. This must not be updated. Or it is updated. Or it is I'm updated. On, I'm on Baseball Reference, which doesn't update until the morning. I am on Major League Baseball's website. Yeah, MLB does it as soon as the game's over, or yeah. shortly thereafter. So you're updated with uh, teams still playing. Mm. Philadelphia's done. They had a walk-off home run from Hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were only Philadelphia in in this page is 20th. This is in the major leagues, not just the NL. 
by right. the way. Right. Yeah. But uh, coming into today, the Nationals were at 380 and the Phillies were at 379. Over oh, 378 now. Yeah. So, so that, that 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 huge swing there by Bryce Harper, <laughs> yeah, which is I mean, nice. The, 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 the Nationals today did not have much slugging, much offense at all. They scored one run. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no. Interestingly, OPS wise, we are seventeenth in the major leagues. Getting hmm, back yeah. to mediocrity, yeah, uh, yeah. which is cool. an increase for us <laughs> so far this now, year. Uh, here's a question: You know, people talk about how much the Nationals' offense strikes out. So, Matt, where are they currently situated in strikeouts? Um, good question. How many times <laughs> has the team struck out? Oh, this isn't good. No, no, it's not. <laughs> we are fourth in strikeouts. We have struck out 289 times this year. Wow. Well, that, that means they struck out eight times today. So, and But interestingly, we are eighth in the major league in walks, 125. That's a good place to be. Um, I actually, you know, I know it's exciting that Bryce Harper hit home runs in two straight games. But he hasn't really done much else in those two games. No, uh, granted, I haven't wa- seen the games. I haven't been able to go back and watch them. Uh, his errors that I've seen come up are they like reasonable or are they like rookie uh, the, mistake kind of errors? The one They're last rookie night, the one last night was definitely a rookie mistake. I did not see the one because I, I just stepped away long enough to miss the one against Cincinnati that went for an error. Um, but the one last night was definitely a rookie mistake, and I, the minute he didn't catch the ball, I was like, he's going to catch that when he's like, you know, got a little bit more under his belt. He's, you know, it, it's it's easily rookie rookie mistake. He simply closed the glove too early. Correct. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. Um, I mean, as far as the the offense goes, I mean, this is a horse that we've been beating for the past couple of weeks. Um, the slugging comes down to the fact that, you know, Morse is still on the DL. We do have Zimmerman back and we have uh we've got LaRoche back and obviously that's that's come up since we've had those two back. Uh, the the thing that sticks out to me about about Zim and I I looked this up earlier. Zim he, he's been getting on base. I think I saw he had a 366 on base percentage earlier today and let me look that up before I go any further. Yeah, you should probably know what you're saying before you say well, it. Well, earlier today he had a – well, yes, thank you, <laughs> Captain Obvious. Okay. Hey, he threw you right under that bus. Uh, didn't he, though? <laughs> That's a for you. Okay. I'm sorry. 346 on-base percentage. That's that's today. after the after the game today. That's after the game today, before that the game. Dropped it. a lot. It was 360 coming into that game. So I was right when I looked at because I looked at Baseball Reference earlier today. Yes, I don't uh, actually okay. see how it could drop that many points from one game. Well, just, he was an extra inning game. <laughs> I uh, uh, how many at bats did he have today? Does anybody know? Is it four? Because I don't think he got on base once today. It would be four. I think he went over four today. Okay. Well, Saturday yeah. Monday night he was on base every single time. He had. Three no yeah three walks and a hit three walks and a hit. What was interesting though, and I looked this up earlier on Baseball Reference, he had a six seventy five on base percentage for the season so far. 
675 OPS, you mean? OPS, yes. <coughs> yeah. 675 OPS, but he's a career 830 OPS? Yes. He is just waiting to break out of that. It's really the slugging percentage that's down. It, it, and it's the slugging percentage that's killing him. He's just not creaming him. And, you know, he's he's hit a single home run this year, and he's hit a couple of doubles. But he hasn't really hit the hit the ball out of the yard like he, he normally does, like in years past, you know. And I'm wondering if maybe that's just, you know, because he had his time on the DL, he's essentially getting warmed back up. You know that what I mean? That probably has a lot to do with it. And and that's really what I think it is. So once Zimmerman is just like, oh, yeah, I'm Zimmerman. I forgot about that. He's going to start hitting the, the cover off the ball. You know, and, and anybody who knows Zim knows he goes through streaks through the years. He has his hot streaks and he has a dreadful streak. Yeah. My then, hope is he's just getting the dreadful streak out of the way right now. Um, he, I mean, his average is also pretty terrible. And, uh, I mean, if you go and look at the BAPIP on it, he's close to 40 points below his career average as far he's as He's had that. some bad luck, too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, it's... He's, he's, when, hit a, he's stung a couple of baseballs right in somebody's glove. When that comes back up to, you know, his mean, um, I, I think we're going to see the, the offense turn around quite a bit as he's bringing people around. Uh, I just, <laughs> I, you know, and it, it's... He's not having... His typical, amazing Ryan Zimmerman uh, offensive year to date. But I'm confident that this is a passing thing. You know, like I said, every year he has his really bad streak. And I'm I'm thinking that's just what he's getting out of the way of right now. They call it an average for a reason. Exactly. Yep. The season and, ain't over yet, so... And, you know, like the, the, the thing that surprises me, and maybe it's just because we all love Zim so much, but nobody's said anything about it. <laughs> and, you know, well, I think and, you know, that's is because people love Zimmerman so much. I mean, look at last night. I mean, remember when Drew Storen gave up a game tying home run to Scott Hairston? Yes. I didn't hear one boo in the ballpark when that happened. Nope. But Henry Rodriguez starts walks his first batter of the game, and people start booing. That was appalling. There's no there's no way around it. That was appalling. Uh, I felt like I was in Philadelphia. Um, people cheered when Davey came out and got him, and I was just mad. Like, there's no way about it. There's no way around it. I was mad about it. And, you know, that – if you watched just – you know what? I know the fans really shouldn't have an effect on what a guy on the pitching mound is thinking, but they do, you know, even if it's to a minor degree. But when Davey Johnson walked out of the out of the dugout and started walking towards the mound, you just could – just saw – Henry Rodriguez's body language, he was mad at himself. He was mad at himself. And then the crowd cheers. That's just appalling. It is, but, but you know, and of course, you know, we say that and someone, of course, will argue that, well, fans have the right to boo. And it's like, well, yes, you do. But we also have the right to think you're an idiot. <laughs> and I do think you're an idiot if you boo for that reason. That's just Ridiculous. I mean, I can give an example of when a guy perfectly deserved to get booed by the fans. 
when Niger Morgan threw his glove on the ground. Oh, I was hoping yeah, that's, to bring that's this up. That's perfectly. That's a completely different thing. When you throw a hissy fit when you're yes. supposed to be a professional, you know, it, if you were, if you worked at a grocery store, and somebody was giving you some lip. For your job, you're supposed to kind of sit there and just be like, uh-huh, okay, you know. But if if you if you take said person's wallet, throw it at their face, and then start cursing and ranting and jumping about, and you're going to get fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Henry Rodriguez, what he's going through is just a crisis of confidence. What happened with Niger Morgan was a lack of... Of hustle, baseball IQ, and just stupid a whole lot of other things there. Stupidity being the key. Yeah, I mean, if if Henry Rodriguez came out to the mound and just started winging the ball into the outfield with runners on base, then boo him all you want. But if he's out there just struggling and his mind isn't right, then probably booing him is the last thing that he needs. It really is. And, you know, Henry Rodriguez is essentially lightning in a bottle. We're going to catch him. Sometimes nobody will. Not even well, Flores. But, well, here's, <laughs> you know, he reminds me of a former Nationals closer that went through his own crisis of confidence. Joel Hanrahan? Yes. The Nationals got rid of him to the Pirates and in exchange got Niger Morgan and Lastings Millage. And Sean Burnett. No, Sean Burnett. Yes, it was, they sent Millage to there, yeah. to the Pirates. Um, but they got Burnett and uh, and Morgan. And, well, Hanrahan has turned Shit. it around quite a bit. You know what's interesting now that you mention that? Back in 2009, I was at a game. And this game was against the Pirates, interestingly enough. And um, Joel Hanrahan came in for the save, and he was terrible. <laughs> but interestingly, upon his not-so-great attempt at save, because he gave up a hit and walked a guy, so he had two guys on, and he had one out, if I recall correctly. The crowd started actually chanting, Joel, Joel, Joel. He got the save, you know. Yes, I, mean, I think it was a different crowd back then. I think now people are a little self-righteous, restless here. They, 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 I think it's almost become that with expectations come entitlement. <sighs> <laughs> that that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> oh. And I think that's sort of what you see with a, with DC fans is you look at like the Washington Capitals and they've been in the playoffs for a number of years running. They haven't won a Stanley Cup and every year that they don't do so. They, you know, there were a couple of games they got booed just because they made a bad pass or didn't right. get a goal. And I was, I was listening to the radio the other day and they weren't trying to figure out – where the Capitals need to go from here or what could be done to make them better. They were trying to the, – the question wasn't what do they need to do this offseason to make sure they win next season. It was 
Who do we blame for what happened? Right. Point the finger at Alexander Ovechkin. Pointed at Semen. Pointed at Hunter. It's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. That's sort of if you watch South Park. <laughs> so where where I think Stan and Kyle break a dam, and you know, and they they they're trying to admit to, it. and they say, oh, "We broke the dam," and they say, "No, no, no, no." It's like it's a. Like, there's a line in it where they you know where they're trying to say that they broke the dam, where someone says. It doesn't matter. Finding who's who to blame is. They were saying, you know, shouldn't we help these people and say helping those people isn't what's important. Figuring out who to blame is. Yeah. <laughs> that took me like five minutes to get that out. <laughs> we get what you mean, though. We get what you mean. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it's it's ridiculous, you know. And while we're talking about entitlement, um, I was listening. I I listened to one hundred six seven. You should stop uh, doing that. No, no. But listen, I listen to 106.7 for the same reason John Stewart watches, say, Fox News or MSNBC or CSN because they're, you know, CSN. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're biased and they don't really know as much as they think they know. And, uh, you know, I have come to the conclusion that most of the drama that surrounds a, a team in this area is media created. And you know what's interesting because and on my way to work this morning, the the junkies who are awful were talking about what's wrong with the caps, right? But instead of actually trying to figure out what was wrong with the caps, instead of talking about it, you know, saying this guy needs to step up. And you know what's funny about all this? They're trying to figure out what's wrong with the caps. Half of them admitted on the air like a week ago that – they only recently started following the Caps, you know, when they got into the playoffs. Interesting stuff. Um, but yeah. so they get this caller in, and this caller goes, oh, I don't know what to think about the, the Capitals anymore, you know. It's just like – it's like watching the Redskins all over again. I got no hope in D.C. There's no hope with the Capitals, and there's no hope with the Redskins. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I hope you keep feeling that there's no hope for your teams <laughs> because yeah. I don't feel that way. For one. I have an interesting theory on this, why D.C. sports fans are the way that they are. Losing is the most heartbreaking thing they've experienced. No one here remembers the senators moving to uh, – to to Texas and really was that that heartbreaking because they were pretty much a terrible team that no one paid attention to. Right. Uh, you go up the road to Baltimore and there's a city that's experienced some sports heartbreak. They had a decent, a good team, a very good team. The team of Johnny Unitas move out of town in the middle of the night. And then they had Jeffrey Mayer in 1997 they were on their way to the World Series, but Jeffrey Mayer reached over the wall, <laughs> took a fly ball, and turned it into a home run, uh, and the tough. Orioles lost that series to the Yankees. You know what I hate? <laughs> New York is proud of that little crap, that little turd brain who reached his stupid hand over <laughs> and caught that baseball. They are proud of him. Derek Jeter, oh, I couldn't really tell. It was a home run. You know what? Yeah, you know, and and 
as much as I hate Cole Hamels, and I hate Cole Hamels, at least he had the backbone to say, nah, I did it on purpose. Or, nah, that was some BS, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you think about baseball heartbreak, and there's a lot tougher things than back-to-back, 100-loss season. How about, how about, Wrong. you know, <laughs> how about sl- painfully slow Sid Bream running all the way around and scoring while you're uh, about to depart for free agent uh, left fielder just sort of casually wings a ball in and then leaves and becomes the best player in baseball history. Gary Bonds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that for heartbreak. And your team has never had a winning season since. Or... <laughs> Or you haven't won a World Series since 1908. You're in the playoffs. You're about to beat the Florida Marlins to go on to the World Series. But Bartman is sitting yes. in the corner. Yes. Then that happens. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Comes unglued. And then there... Mark Pryor went down. Yes. Yeah. I think we could go on and on with uh, baseball heartbreaks. But, I mean, losing back-to-back 100 games seems tame compared to what's happened in the history of baseball. Well, and what kills me is the people – I mean, granted, there are people who are complaining right now or, you know, booing or doing whatever it is that they're doing that were there and, you know, suffered through those 100 lost seasons. Yeah, but some there are those... a lot that aren't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they weren't there at all, and they're like, you know, oh, we deserve that. You don't deserve anything. <laughs> you buy your ticket, shut up, and sit down. <laughs> exactly. Some of the most bitter Nationals fans are ones that have been around since the beginning. Which well, that's okay with. Reason if you to at be least bitter, sat I... here and you had to suffer through, you know, watching uh, Jason Simon Tachu walk himself out to the mound. Okay, don't bring up that name. I, I think <laughs> maybe I'm just not. I mean, th- I think that 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 I don't understand their bitterness because I don't care now. I'm like immune to certain things now, like bad performances. Like today, it was Steven Strasburg on the mound. I have a lot more faith that he'll be good. If this was like Jerome Williams out there, I'd been like, oh God, we got to see this guy again in in, in four more days. With Strasburg, I'm like, Stras- yeah, Strasburg having a bad outing is not like a good Daniel Cabrera outing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> it's I, I remember Daniel Cabrera seven wild pitches in one game. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, and I see some of the the people from a. Uh, you know, during losing games when people that are new are really freaking out, they'll say, well, this may be bad, but remember this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had someone this morning tell me that, that you know, I told him, you know, this this conversation that we're having about Henry Rodriguez is the exact same conversation I had at about this time last year. And they're like, well, I don't remember him being that bad. And then I found that Miami game, sent him the box score. <laughs> What Miami game was it? Well, let me look that up for you. Talk about something else. Because I know, I know that Henry Rodriguez had some bomb of a games <laughs> last year, you know. But he also had some games where he was just, I mean, ugly, you know. And it was, it's awesome. I love it 
when Henry is on. It is so much fun to watch. Bad you know? Henry this year has not been as bad as Bad Henry was last year. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's still relatively early in the season. You know, he's going to have a lot more games to screw up or not screw up. Here we go. It was it was July 26th of last year. So Henry had actually calmed down quite a bit mm-hmm. up to this point. He was, I think, doing relatively well coming into this game. But this is the game most people remember for uh, old Henry Rodriguez. Um, let's see. What was the score? When he – okay, the Marlins – the Marlins had a pretty healthy lead heading into the top of the ninth. They were up – see, they were up 6-2 to two heading into the top of the ninth. So really, you know, it's not likely the Nationals are going to come back, but here is what happened in the top of the ninth inning. Let me find – here it is. Okay. Henry Rodriguez comes in. First bat he faces, John Buck, home run. Mm. Wes Helms, walk. Bonifacio, single. Infante, <laughs> walk. Dobbs, single. Uh, Ramirez, ground out. Logan Morrison, <laughs> so he's got one out. Yeah, Logan Morrison, walk. Ryan Matthews replaces Henry Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> that, he got one out. One out, all that, and then he got one out. That... That is still his worst performance to date. You know what happened last night? We walked. One out, walk, yes. walk, walk. Still. Chabernet <laughs> replaces Henry Rodriguez. That's still not as bad as that. Yes, and I, I should <laughs> go through this game log here and find a few more when <laughs> Henry Rodriguez. Uh, here's one where he had uh, three walks and one hit. <laughs> <laughs> gave up one run but <laughs> that's hilarious yes and uh yeah this you know i think I, I feel like people forgot this is why we like henry rodriguez because he's crazy he's crazy and there's no other way to put it but people would he's, say now it's costing them games that matter how the, how, how are those different from games that we were in third place last year Say he doesn't screw up a game or 500 or above 500, you know? How is that different? People just have – it's different people because I've noticed a lot of – lot more baseball tweets from uh, certain, you know, D.C. outlets that, that, that cover all the sports. And they're just talking about the Nationals more this year because the Nationals currently have a winning record. If you notice, last year they never really had a winning like They got like – I think their, their, their high water mark was – Two games over 500. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, would you say that, And you know, I know he hasn't been around that long, hasn't been, um, hasn't been in the majors with us for that long, but would you say Henry Rodriguez is worse than, say, Ryan Perry? No. Who <laughs> wouldn't? <laughs> but nobody, nobody, it strikes me as a little bit odd that, People aren't yet alarmed when he walks into a game. Because he's not walking into a game when the Nationals have the lead. Ah, that's a good he's point. He's never going to walk into that game. Yeah, um, there's that. And I mean, it, it kind of irritates me because they don't uh, – people don't take into account the situation. True. The situation is right now that Hot Rod is our third option. Yeah. 
Um, Lidge was before him injured. Storm before him injured. It's kind of like, here, it's your turn. You're just the next person in line. Yeah. I mean, we're to that point. You know what? So, and I felt bad because I completely forgot about it. But Dave reminded me the other day that come the All-Star break, we get Cole Kimball back. Yes, yes, we do. And, you know, he's he's a guy who could very well close a baseball game. He did it once last year. You know, maybe, maybe Yeah, but by the All-Star break, we'll have Drew back, too. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you need to give Drew Storen a day off. So put in Cole Kimball. I mean, think about that. Think about the All-Star break. Uh, We're that getting June back. period, we're going to get Morse. Uh-huh. We'll get Kimball. We'll get Lidge. We'll have Storin. Marrero recovers. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought he, I thought I heard he had a setback or something, shoulder issues. Um, but wow. then, I mean, a couple weeks after that, not far into August, you get Worth back as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, our bullpen is up, and the only person we're missing out of that starting lineup is Ramos. Yes. And we have Flores to fill in, who is a more than adequate Yes, and, and that's what's interesting to me is you know we've suffered so many, so many in the way of loss. It's year. because of the pitching staff. I mean, the Nationals. Let's let's just say, on average, let's just say it's just an average type of day, and the the, the defense and pitching is at its at its average. Uh, the Nationals have to score more than three point one seven runs. True. So, yeah, that probably changed after today because they did give up six, but couldn't have changed that much. Well, and that's really – that's come up in the past couple of days. I mean, just the last – I don't know, the last week or so, we've given up quite a few more runs than our average was before. I mean, uh, last week when we talked, I want to say we were sitting right around three Yes, well, this is uh, part of that evening out. Plus, we played a few games in um, Great American Ballpark. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. 130 runs so far scored on the season in 36 games. That's 3.61 runs a game. Right. So, I mean, it, it, I'd like to see the Nationals record when they score four or more runs. Yeah. Imagine if we scored five runs a game. Imagine if we could, but um, <laughs> if we scored thirty runs a game, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yes, Why but, uh, don't we do that? God, can you imagine what the numbers would look like? Nats, get get on that. Why why aren't we doing this? <laughs> yeah, multiply yeah. your current run production by ten, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they may as the um, season progresses and we get towards the end of July, they may make a trade for somebody. In fact, they probably will make a trade for somebody because that's just what teams do. Yeah. Let's see. What are you looking up? Interesting. Interesting. Here, you guys keep talking. I'm looking. Oh, you're looking. Yeah. I, I, I can't tell who's looking because I can't see anybody. <laughs> so here's what's interesting. Nationals have allowed 117 runs. So in 36 games – they have scored, or they have allowed, I'm sorry, 3.25, and we're scoring 3.61 runs a game. You know, that that really speaks to how we are having all these one-run games. 
Um, yes. and, you know, the run differential isn't that great. So we're, we're effective. We've, we've effectively, effectively scored 13 more runs than we've allowed this year. That, uh, that's strange. Then again, we have given up in, you know, when we lose some games, we, we lose by a lot. Like we lost an 11 run game to not 11, I'm sorry, nine run game to the Phillies. Uh, we lost a couple games by a large margin, so that skews it a little bit. It does, and I, you know, when the starting pitching is on, they're not going to give up a lot of runs. And you know, we've seen them off for the last few days. This has been a relatively bad stretch for the starting pitching, and somehow the offense has been able to make it not as bad. And you I think that the starting pitching will get it back here. You know what? I just realized. The Nationals have allowed 117 runs. I already said that. But they have allowed the fewest runs in the major leagues. Oh, yeah. Yes. By far. We, we've, we've known that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It makes you really, really want to see the, you know, what they would do if they had their full lineup out there. I mean, we didn't. no one, I think, expected the lineup to be great, but we expected it to be better than it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, you have Bryce Harper, who, you know, he's starting to hit some home runs. He stopped hitting the singles and doubles, but he started to hit some home runs. Maybe he could, uh, you know, really Step. turn it on here yeah, that'd be nice. and just t- go for three for four, uh, one game or something like that. Here's another fancy stat for you. The Nationals have 23 errors on the season. And they are tied for 12th with the fewest errors. That is uh, interesting. They used to be always be... I'm sorry. They are in 12th place. They're tied for 12th with two other teams for most errors. I'm sorry. Which is better than being the most errors in the major leagues by at least 12 spots. <laughs> this damn thing here. There we go. That's how I need to do it. Um... Yeah, the, the MLB.com search engine is confusing me. Try try and guess who has the fewest errors in the major leagues. The Padres? No. Two teams are tied for the fewest. I'll, I'll give you that. I think of good defensive teams. Um, the Indians? Errors? The fewest errors in the major leagues. Hmm. The Indians? No. The Rays? No. They're just going to make us name every team in baseball. All right. Um, The Seattle Mariners are tied with the New York Yankees for 14. Okay. And the Boston Red Sox are 28th with 15. Yeah. Phillies have 20 errors. And the Atlanta Braves have 21. Interesting. Exciting. Um, San Francisco Giants have 38 errors. Yes, well, Bryce Harper is definitely slugging. He has a 433 slugging average this season. That's okay. Uh, It was only a 309 on base percentage. You know who he's batting like right now? Who? Lance Nix. Hmm. I really prefer we didn't make that analogy. (laughs) If he's batting like Lance Nix at age 31, 32, at 19, 19, 
I wouldn't really say that's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 19 is pretty much Lance Nix. He's a replacement level outfielder. Imagine what he's going to be when he's 25. He'll be a superstar and on the verge of free agency. Scary About to be the first $300 million player. And I That, mean, I believe. <laughs> oh, man. A quick aside on that topic. I mean, there are a lot of people that are worried about him leaving. I mean, they're worried right now about him leaving in six years. Um, yes. <laughs> a lot of payroll comes off our books about that time. So, I, mean, I mean, a lot of payroll comes off of every team's book about that time. Yeah, but I mean, things that we actually have locked up. There, there aren't yeah. many teams that have a whole lot locked up to that point. Um, I mean, and you never know what could happen between. I mean, what if the Nationals do become really good in that time? This isn't Cleveland. Yeah, this isn't Cleveland when they had Tomei, Ramirez, uh, Sandy. Uh, Oh, Cindy Alomar Jr. Uh, I was about to shoot myself for forgetting his name. Um, when they had that team out there, they went to the 95 World Series. Shortly, they lost. Shortly after that team broke up. But, you know, if the Nationals have that sort of success that the Indians had in that time, they're going to have the money to pay these players. They should have went and got a good uh, fireballing pitcher out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, that that you're confusing the movie Indians with the real life Indians. No, that was real, dude. That was a biography. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, with the offense here, I mean, we're running back to that for just a second. Uh, giving up 117, and then uh, oh, wait, Albert Bell was on that Indian. Wow. Yeah, it was a loaded lineup. <laughs> yeah, and Kenny Lofton, Eddie Murray was their DH. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Dave Winfield played some for that team. So, hey, Billy Rifkin was on that. <laughs> Brian Giles too. Sorry, I, I just said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guess who? Uh, guess who? Uh, let's see. Guess what pitcher? Where is he as a pitcher? I saw him as a hitter. Now I can't find him as a pitcher. But uh, you know what's interesting? We scored the same number of runs as the Miami Marlins. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So Buddy Black was on that 1995 Indians team. Hmm. He uh, he had a 6.85 ERA in Solid. 11 games, 10 of them starts. He had a four and two record though. That tells you something about that offense. Yeah. But I think we uh, you know. Buddy Black's team just got out of town here. And it's interesting that we start talking about uh, the Cleveland Indians. Here's something else. Buddy we Black start is talking about the Cleveland Indians again. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'll okay. just anyway. If we could trace this back to how I start talking about things, you'd be even probably more confused. But Buddy Black I is we were as the, about Henry Rodriguez, and now we're talking about the Indians. If there's crazy. a listener who wants to give us a flow chart of how these things happen. Please feel free. Yes, but, but we're about to get even more entertaining. Okay. Buddy Black is ranked as the number 424th best pitcher in Major League Baseball history, ahead of Roy Face and Woody Fryman. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get those two names next to each other on this list? Roy Face and Woody Fryman. Fryman. <laughs> it's 
Fry man. Fry man. Yeah, that's a that's that's a push for the expos. It sounds like a bad Mega Man villain. <laughs> Fry man. Mega man villain. Very specific, yeah. but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, pulling this train back onto the rails here. Uh, pulling, not just trying to get it back on. Oh pulling. no, no, no! I have tied a rope to it, and now I'm pulling it back. Mighty um, stallion. Yeah, you know me. Uh, <laughs> this oh. run differential that we have right now. Um, any guesses on what kind of a, a win percentage that puts us at? Five hundred. It would be over five hundred because it's uh, <laughs> more run score yeah. than they uh, allow. I'm going to say eighty-seven wins. I'm say eighty-eight. Uh, Matt wins this one. It's eighty-nine. Ah, damn. <laughs> But, I mean, would anyone, any fan of this team balk at 89 wins? I think uh, a few would. Well, yeah, because they want us to win 162. Yes. I want to win 162, but I'm also realistic in knowing that that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want the team to win 162 games. I do. Because if they won 162 games, that would be a disappointing season. Because that would mean they get swept in the first round of the playoffs. Ah, true. <laughs> Yes. yes. I want a team that wins 173 games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> yes, moving on. Uh, let's see. What do we who do we have coming into town next week? We have the Pirates for two. We sort of touched on that a little bit because it's I guess we're not talking about next week. We're talking about tomorrow. <laughs> Yes. And then, uh, then the Orioles this weekend. Weird when a game was on earlier today, because we're not watching one now. Yeah. At least see. that's weird for me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, well, the Nationals are about to lose first pit place again. Oh, are we? Yes, the Braves are creaming the Reds. Why can't oh, no. they just lose? Why can't they just lose? Seriously, if they don't want. <laughs> They should want to lose. Nobody likes them being successful. Atlanta has a six-run lead against the Reds. Let's hope Joey Votto comes up to bat. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So, uh, Dave, you uh, you mentioned earlier that we've got uh, we've got Gio and Bedard, and then yes. Zimmerman and McDonald, and then the uh, the Beltway series uh, coming up Friday. It's Jackson against Jake Arrieta. <laughs> Arrieta's two and four with a five-two-one ERA. Um, then we get Jason Hamill on Saturday against Ross. Uh, Hamill's actually off to a, a pretty good start. Um, let's see what it says here. Skipped his last start. Uh, had a sore knee. Can can I be a little bit uh, mean <laughs> for a second? Uh huh. The Baltimore Orioles. I maybe I'm wrong here, but. Is what they're doing sustainable? It reminds me of Cleveland of last year. Okay. They're if a nice look, story, well, but they're not going to last. If you look at, at certain things with them, if you really look at their roster here, they have Matt Wieters has a 902 OPS right now. Yeah. That's and very high. Um, look look at this, see. though. Look at this. Okay, there are five starting pitchers, two of them. Have a sub five ERA. Yeah, 
Those are good ERAs, though. They have two pitchers with one with a 268 ERA, one with 243 ERA. The rest, 521, 5.14, 5.5. Well, they're both pitchers. The bullpen's what's been holding their pitching together. Yes, but that that can't last. You know, Darren you know, O'Day, Darren O'Day, is a one point five six ERA, and Luis Ayala has a one point eight six ERA. Oh, I think Luis fans Ayala. of the Nationals and Rangers could talk to each other about those two guys, and they come to an understanding that that's not going to last. No. Yeah. And then if you look at, I mean, mainly Weeders. And Jones. Adam Jones has a 908 OPS. <laughs> That's not going to last either. Yes. <clears throat> Nick Marcakis. No, he's not. He's being Nick Marcakis this year. He is. He's being. JJ Hardy's being JJ Hardy, which apparently is also what Ian Desmond is doing, too. Yeah, but you know nobody talks about J.J. Hardy's struggles. Nolan Rymold has a 960 OPS. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, uh, it's 16 games. Never mind. Yeah, he's on the DL now. Too. Oh, he is. That yes. Yes. Yeah, Robert Andino is playing. You know, it's, it's hard to call a 740 OPS over a guy's head, but Robert Andino is a career 647 OPS guy. Mm. Let's see, who do we have going? We have Hamill, and then they don't have a starter for Sunday yet. Wait, I don't know who that would be. Let's well, look. I just did Robert Andino, and I had no idea he played for the Florida Marlins. I don't remember him destroying us at all. Everyone in a Marlins jersey destroyed the Nationals. Huh. How do I not remember this guy as the destroyer of the Nationals? Don't know. Okay. Anyway, pitching matchups for this weekend. It's, I believe, it's Jake Arrieta versus uh, Jake Edwin Arrieta Jack- versus Jackson. Yeah, and yep. then Hamill and Detweiler, and mm-hmm. then Chin versus Strasburg. Is that who would be next? MLB Chin is, is pitching today. Yes, Chin is pitching today. Oh, that makes sense then. So it's <coughs> Wing Chin versus Stevan Strasburg. Our Esteban Strasburgo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's Vinny counterpart. <laughs> we met him in Richmond. Yes. <laughs> he likes spicy foods. As he's related to uh he's a distant cousin of uh Stephen Spielbergo. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Esteban Spielbergo. Yes, yes. You don't remember that Simpsons episode? Yes, I do remember that Simpsons episode. <laughs> I want Steven Spielberg. I want Steven Spielberg. He's not available, sir. Give well, me his Mexican, his Mexican equivalent. <laughs> that was a great episode. <laughs> boo urns, boo urns. I was saying boo urns. <laughs> well, too bad we don't get Mattis this weekend. Oh, Actually, be... I saw his last start, and he did pretty well, so it might be a good thing we're not getting him. I'm just looking at his 175 whip. Yeah. And uh, his 4.1 walks per nine. Yeah, he did fairly good against the Rays, so he might be turning back into Brian Mattis. Yeah, but we all know the Rays can just shut down at times. Look at how many times there have been no hit in the last couple of years. Is that true? <laughs> Remember when the, the, the Mariners had the perfect game against them from uh, – 
Umber, Philip Umber. The first thing that came out of my mouth was, wow, a perfect game that wasn't against the Rays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when was the last time that happened? <laughs> Roy Halliday? Shut up. I was kidding. I know. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Seriously. Let me have these things. And I feel kind of dirty that the Pythagorean percentage calculator that I used was on Crash Burn Alley. I need to go Ooh. shower. Yeah, that, well, guy's actually, that, guy's done. that guy's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so, logical. So he's apparently a, t- t- tonight against the Orioles, there was a uh, fly ball hit into left field. The Orioles outfielder ran back to the ball, back to the wall, leaped, and a Yankees fan reached over the ball wall and took the ball into the crown. Tonight? Seriously? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just now. <laughs> Just a, just a few minutes ago. I did not see that. I looked away, and I did not see that. I see that there's two runs on the board for the Yankees now. Did they no, call it a home run? That. Yes, it's a home run. Yeah. I think this is your fault, Dave. Yeah, I, I brought up Jeffrey Mayer, and now oh. <laughs> it happens again. That was uh, like to a curse of Jeffrey Mayer in the Baltimore. You know what? You know what that means? This could be when the Orioles start to lose. It, it could be, but it also they could well, anger Bruce them. Bruce Chen just got pulled. He's back out for the eighth. It says. Well, yeah, he just got pulled. I quit for to be behind. Okay. All right. Well, that's Wing Chen, not Bruce Chen. Bruce Chen is on the Royal. Chen, I'm sorry. Bruce Chen, Chen is, is is Panamanian. Yes. Wing Chen is uh is Taiwanese. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's too bad it's not the Wang vs. Chin matchup. <laughs> Everybody Wang Chin tonight. So what do we think is going to happen when when Wong comes off the DL? Get Weiler to the bullpen. That's such an insult. To Tom Gorzolani? Sure. <laughs> Tom Gorzolani did an excellent job today. He did. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. Gave up one run. Yes. <laughs> if he had done that last year, we'd have said, good job, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, what you'll see happen is Detweiler will go to the bullpen, and Ryan Perry will simply go away, go away to the minors. Do you think Perry goes away, or do you think Matthews gets optioned? I think Perry gets optioned. Yeah, Perry will get optioned. Oh, does Perry have options? I thought yeah. he was out. No, no, he no. got called up. That's that's why they traded for him. Oh, okay, I thought that I thought he was in the same boat as Ballister. He, he essentially took Ballister's role as the bus rider. No, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, bullpen bus rider. That's sort of the, the the organization no longer believed in Ballister, which you know I know a lot of fans liked him because he was a goofy guy, but yeah, but I mean he was a very good pitcher. Where, you know, you, you mentioned it before, Dave. Where yes, you you have you can like a player for his personality, but we're at that point where the team is focusing more on the results, not just the personality. It's almost as bad as saying a chick has a good personality. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's in I the mean, same realm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if Henry Rodriguez was a little goofier and came out the funny music and had a big mustache. Maybe people if he spoke would, enough English for people to think that way about. Him. I mean, he doesn't even have to speak. To, if he came out to the Mexican half dance wearing a sombrero, sombrero, 
I think that would be goofy enough for people to start liking him. He would never get booed again. Yeah. He would never get booed again. So true. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Henry, as your PR advisor, sir, we advise you to come out to La Cucaracha from now on. Because from that point on, nobody will ever think less of you, sir, as they have already thought that you have been thought of as low as possible. I mean, I think we're going to get yelled at for this. <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, Will Nieves was a fan favorite of people. His stats were rather um, terrible. It's a but, nice way to put it. But he Drop had just walked the leadoff guy to the Yankees, by the way. Thank you. We don't need to take <laughs> but, but I'm sorry. I know I'm you're doing your advanced you. scouting here. But... Yes, this is advanced scouting. Watching but, uh, pitching staff. But he had his entrance music song that Davey, uh, uh, Charlie and Dave danced to and played on the radio. And everybody, yes. and everyone liked Will Nieves because he was such a nice guy. Who was, it, the, who was it that they played? Something I don't remember. And I think that, that a lot of those mariachi bands are something in the band. Yeah. The entire genre of music is something in band. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, if if maybe Henry Rodriguez could dig out Will Nieves's old theme music and come out to that, that might help his perception. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's going on over there? What crazy dude? <laughs> well, this I just is heard shuffling and, and cursing. Oh, because I was trying to reach my phone. It was on the bed. Uh, oh. And I'm attached by headphones, so I can only go so far. Oh. <clears throat> yes, that's, uh, these headphones are uh, restraining us a bit. Well, somebody... Yeah, I don't have the headset, so I'm headsets. with, like, normal headphones. Oh. I have, like, two feet that I can move. I see. See, uh, see the, these headsets are nice, BT dubs. Yeah, they have a nice little cord to them. Yeah. I yeah. got a volume thing on it. Still doesn't reach all the way to the fridge. And you know, if I when I get a dog, I am teaching it to get me a beer. <laughs> that is what I'm doing. Now, should we get back to talking about baseball? Probably. We probably should. Yeah. Because now people know what we're doing outside of the radio world. Well, there is an edit feature that I think will probably be used for much of this. You hope that I'll use it. But he won't. <laughs> now he, back to your regularly scheduled program. Brought to you by Hot Rods Hot Dogs. <laughs> just make crap up now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got – actually, until we record this again, we've got like nine days. Um, let's, look yeah. at, uh, let's look at the schedule here. I can pull up nationals.com. That's how it worked for me. That's so long from now. Yes, nine days is forever and a day. It is. Yes, but I know after the Orioles, they go on the road to play. They play the NL East. Is who they, the the Philadelphia Phillies? Is who ooh, they ooh, yeah, circle, yeah, circle Monday the twenty first on your calendar. Yeah, that one's definitely yes. going to be exciting. And See if for, there's any 
friction. friend of the show, Jessica Caroli, is covering those games in Philadelphia. Mm. Well, there we so go. We could see if we get her back on after that to talk about what she thinks about what she just saw. Here's another series to look forward to. 25th through the 27th, we play the Braves. Who are they? The Braves, the Atlanta Braves. They have a team now? Apparently. I mean, it's it's been two months. They can't still be in the Nationals division, can they? <laughs> I mean, is this the longest the Nationals have gone without playing the Atlanta Braves? Isn't that weird? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been a while. It's, it's weird. It, it's It'll be May 25th, and we'll play the Braves on the road. And then after that, we play the Marlins for three games. And then you know they go we into record before then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would hope so. You know what's nice? We have an off day for the next day we record. <laughs> that is nice. Actually, the next two weeks in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. As well. We can oh. actually try to get guests again. Yeah, look at that. That's a good idea. Remember when we did that? That was cool. Yeah, yeah we didn't have to listen to ourselves talk. You know? You we, know need give, uh, we need to give Bill Ladson a call. Yeah. Here, ask, you know, ask I'll edit this it's like to have ointment or, or, yes. or what the uh, the hot stuff incident was like. <laughs> if there was if there was jumping and skipping in the dugout, and I'm pretty sure it was just spoiling. Of... I wonder if voices changed in octave at all. <laughs> it was probably he was in the bullpen warming up, sort of you know rubbed his shoulder, then adjusted. And then maybe it was while he was on the mound, he just started to feel. A sensation. And then that's what led to everything there. He feels um, the, uh-oh. Um, yeah. But <laughs> with, the, um, with the series coming out, the date that we really want to circle here is Wednesday the 23rd. The Philadelphia Phillies. Is that Cole Hamels? That would be Cole Hamels. Huh? Well, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting. Cole really Hamels. So who's really... that against for us? Strasburg is Sunday, so that's is that Jackson? If I'm doing the math right, I don't know. Strasburg. Then you got Geo. Just, we'll go, we'll just start here. That Geo pitches the first that, against the Pirates. Then that Zimmerman. Would be Jackson. Okay, so yeah. it's Jackson. That's that's somewhat interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Well. Let's, uh, let's hope he thinks it's when he gets the, in the box. That'd be great. Let's hope he thinks it's the NLDS. Jackson, that is. Uh, he didn't do so well. Did he do well in the NLDS? I All I know is that the Cardinals won. Yes. Yes. And and he was on the Cardinals. Well, the net. Talking about the Braves here. Quite an assessment there, Matt. That's uh, it's, that's <laughs> that's your, you know. You pay me $125 an hour, that's what you get. High quality. I don't think anyone pays you Analytical. anything. Yeah, I sure You quiet down. You quiet down just because I'm poor. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that if people did pay us on some, you know, you know, like nine, another, 980 or eight. something like that, I think we could give better nationals coverage than the flagship. Oh, that's about just, just, just throwing that out there for any radio people that might have stumbled upon this—that we are not above <laughs> taking your money. We are not above taking your money. <laughs> Looking at this Braves thing, this sort of—what is wrong with the schedule makers? Um, is the Nationals play the Braves? They play them at the end of May and the beginning of June, and then they start interleague play, 
and then it's going to probably feel like every other week the Nationals are playing the Braves because every other week they will be playing the Braves. Boy, that could get tiring real quick. I mean, it doesn't really look at like it looking at the schedule. I cannot when I turn to September, I fear what I'm going to say. See, September. You know what I hate? We close out the season. No, it's actually somehow the schedule makers spaced it enough so it doesn't end up being like, oh, God, the Braves again. Don't know how they did it. It's actually a pretty good schedule this year, but I mean. I really enjoy actually how they did it because if you go back and look at it, before the All-Star break, I think we have like 20-some-odd games in in the division where we have like 47 or 48 after the All-Star break. Yeah. That it's is gonna be, It's going to be intense. Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, basically every series after the All-Star break is, <laughs> you need that series, you need to take it. One thing, yeah. that, one thing that I noticed last night, and I'm looking at, it, looking at it right now, is the standings of the NL East. There are... These Ace commercials are obnoxious. There's... Rollovers. There's, Sorry, continue. There's <laughs> excuse me. Man. There's one team in the NL East that right now has a sub five hundred record. One. Okay. Two teams in the NL Central have a record over five hundred. And two teams in the National League West have have a record over five hundred. The National League East is probably the most competitive division. And then the American League is a similar way with one team below 500. Yes, it is a tough division, and it is going to uh, remain tough throughout uh, the year. Um, okay, I just got some news here. Uh-oh. Um. Okay, that is very uh, interesting. Okay, uh, so Rob Dibble. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. Him, that he had uh, some sort of uh, issues with Strasburg not being tough enough or something like that. Uh, oh, Strasburg not being tough enough. Because yes. he had... Because he had Hot stuff on his junk. Well, here's what he said. He, well, the, the not tough enough was about his, his elbow. Where it up needed. I remember that. Yeah. He said, wow, I guess you can't be human. It was the hot stuff on your groin. Really? Next time use a feminine napkin. Beckett got a new a hole in Boston. I don't know what that last one means, but um, I, I think he's implying that that, that Steven Strasburg may not have the parts to actually have a problem with the hot stuff. Hey, Rob Dibble. Buddy. Not buddy. Go to hell. <laughs> Simply put. And apparently Steven Strasburg is at the UFC event that's at the Patriots Center tonight. You know, I don't Somehow do someone's going to say that makes him immature. Ooh, ah. Uh. How dare he do something not baseball-related when he's not playing tomorrow? I mean, you know, he is playing tomorrow. I hope he's playing tomorrow. Strasburg? Bryce Harper. 
Oh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, you said Strasburg. I did. Oh, yeah. Yes. But okay. I was wondering where you're going with immature. Yeah. I was like, yes, I meant Bryce. Let's, let's, <laughs> okay, let's go back. Also, Bryce Harper is at the UFC event at the Patriots Center. Oh God. You know, nobody said anything when um, Jeremy Guthrie went to a, a Backstreet Boys concert one night. Know. Was he pitching the next day? What difference does it make? Because like, you seriously, you play golf the day before you pitch. That's, I mean, that's the day before you pitch, though. Yes, but I mean, I'm sure someone will say something about Harper being at a UFC event, making him immature. He should have been in bed at eight thirty. Obviously. So what time does Davey turn out the lights in the team uh, happy camp? Back to your bunk, kid. You know what I like about Bryce Harper? People hate him. (laughs) I love that. I love that he's on my team and people hate him for it. Well, I would get it. People hate him for a reason. You know what? That's the best part, though. (laughs) And, you know, oddly enough, it makes him better than those people. (laughs) I mean, if you think of it, when was the last time the Nationals had a player that other teams – Fans just couldn't stand. Everybody loves them. I mean, there's no way you can't. Adam Dunn was just a big, goofy, lovable donkey guy. Josh Willingham just kind of existed. Yeah, he was kind of a a, a thing in, in the outfield. Niger Morgan. Niger Morgan would be. Yeah, the but one. even we hated Niger Morgan. So <laughs> <really> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, actually, we hated him after his, you know, his temper tantrum in the outfield, and then he kind of went downhill from there. But until that, was, that point, that was the beginning he, of the end, yeah, we, no, we liked him before the, but. the the baseball version of the agitator. Yes, yes, he would get on base, he would steal bases, he would. He was at the end of two thousand nine very good, and I think now the Milwaukee Brewers are sort of experiencing what we experienced in 2010. He did the exact same thing that he did for the Nationals to the Brewers. Yes. The exact same thing. Without breaking his hand. Without breaking his hand. And Uh, he actually did it for us for a lot shorter period, if I recall. What, the beginning of September, I think? The Brewers also don't, I believe. Well, we made that trade for him in, uh, in June, I think. So it was for a while he actually was – well, it was June or July. Yeah, but he was a maniac that got fired. And, yeah, and the Brewers also a don't year. have a winning record right now. Yeah, sure. In so, 2009, you know. he played 49 games for the Nationals. Uh, and in this season, he is well. Ooh, those are some lovely stats that he's putting up. This is Would much worse than 2010. I don't know what alter ego he would attribute this to. Um uh, Tony Atrocious, but it is... 264, 214. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah, in 2010, his really, really bad year for the Nationals, he was 253, 319, 314. Yeah. Oh, he's an OPS right now, 478. Yes. <laughs> That's absurdly horrible. His, his OPS is just slightly higher than uh, than Bryce Harper's uh, slugging percentage. You want, You guys want to giggle? 
Look at Albert Pujols' uh, slash line. I don't want to look at Adam Guns. That doesn't make that, that doesn't make me giggle. It's just, it's just funny to me. Come on. <laughs> oh, and for the record, you can search Tony Plush in Baseball Reference, and it comes to Niger Morgan. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What what happens when you search uh, the shark? It, it should come up with. Let's see. Tom Sharky. Tom Sharky. Tom Sharky. <laughs> 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 he played in 1913 for Shark. But if you type in shark, you get a list of Bernardina Samarja. Samarja? What? And Lave Winham. <laughs> From 1902 Lave. to 1903. <laughs> hey, get out there and win them. <laughs> oh, man. That is some excitement right there. Oh. Yeah, Roger Bernardino. How about Roger Bernardino today not taking charge on the fly ball? You know, you know, I feel like that happens a lot with Roger Bernardino. Yeah, he's probably he not the guy you want to be on the baseball field. I remember he did it one time <laughs> last year too with uh, on the 4th of July. And he did it a couple other times too. Yeah. Is he just is he just not afraid is he just afraid to take charge or what's up with oh, that? Oh, Bob Dibble's still ranting. Ooh, what's he is saying? He really? Yes. I need to find this guy. I stopped I don't following follow him. him. Yeah. yeah. What's his I was like, thing dude, again? You're on dope. Uh, it's 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 uh, at Rob Dibble forty nine. But okay, here's after that. Wow, I guess you can't be human. Uh, you know, next time use a feminine napkin remark. He said, Beckett, A.J. Burnett, Lackey, even Roy Holiday got questioned on bad days. Jared Weaver didn't make excuses, excuses after Texas fed him his lunch. No one would let it be known I got something on my junk excuse. Try to take it like a man, like everyone else. How did Davey find out? Weak. You know what? He is so exceedingly bitter about getting fired by the Nationals. Oh, yeah. He's been waiting for something. And really, anything that comes up with us, he has his own little comment on. Yes. Lol, natitude. There he goes. Uh, I have retweeted everything he said. There we go. I feel like I do a disservice to my followers by only retweeting stuff I find hilarious. Oh, I'm going I'm to I'm help you out here. Hold on. Let's see. How do you spell douchitude? <laughs> I don't know. Check the dictionary. There we go. <laughs> Figured it out. Yes, this is, I mean, this is quite interesting just looking at, you know, what Rob Dibble has to say about the Nationals because there's never been a man that's hated a team more than Dibble hates the Nationals. Yes, this is true. He is Captain Bitter. Even right. Manny Acta got over it. Over it. I don't think Manny Manny Acta. You people make it easy. At least Harper has a pair. <laughs> yes. Uh I think you know with Acta. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at in a second by someone that has unfollowed Dibble. You're going to tell me to stop retweeting it. <laughs> but yeah. uh. Check this but, out. One of his last tweets before his rant was congrats to Joey Votto. Second career, three home run game, including a walk-off grand slam. Yeah. <clears throat> Did he congratulate Josh Hamilton on his four-homer game? No. Okay. Um, that is interesting. But, uh, you know, Acta, I think, 
the thing that annoys me about ACTA, I know a lot of people, a lot of Nationals fans, there are some of them out there that still really like the guy because he was a nice guy. Let's just say he was a nice guy. But I don't think he was a very good manager when he was here, and I still don't think he's a good manager. His problems he had here, he still has in Cleveland. He doesn't stand up for his own team. But he was almost looking forward to getting fired. I remember when Chico Harlan interviewed him one time and said, do you know what happens to – he's like – he talked about how Manny Acta was on the hot seat. Manny Acta said, well, you know, there's Terry Francona and Joe Torre and, and all these guys, all these managers that have been fired, and they go on to have great success with their second team. He's like, I hope I can be that guy. It was before he was fired. It's almost like he wanted to be fired by the Nationals. So that's what annoyed me about Acta. Mm. Acta, he almost seemed to not care sometimes. Yeah. It was almost like almost like he was just kind of going through the motions of being a manager when he was here. Yeah. yeah I mean, I could I could count on one hand probably how many times I saw that guy's blood pressure rise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's de- he definitely was a nice guy. He, he gave a lot of credit to his team when it was hard to do it. <laughs> he did. That's one thing that always annoys me when a, when a manager doesn't say the things the fans feel about a player. Like Jason Bergman, Manny Act would say, Art, that was actually – Manny Act didn't do this. And Riggleman didn't do it. Manny Acta and Riggleman both gave way too much credit to the other team in their press conferences. Yeah. They'd be like, you know, man, that, that guy's just a really good pitcher. And we had a lot of trouble getting hits off of that guy. You know, a lot of teams have have found themselves uh, losing to a pitcher like that. And then you go and you look and that pitcher's, you know, Blaine Boyer or someone. No, he, Riggleman did that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and, and Davy has been running into good pitching. And Davy doesn't have a problem throwing it on the offense. He doesn't call out any individual guy. He's like, he's like this. He has like the book that managers are supposed to pe- speak from, memorized, where he can basically call out people without calling them out. He'll say like, you know, a few guys on the offense look like they're really pressing. I'm not going to name any names. They know who they are. But, you know, if you look at it and you look at the stats, you can figure it out. And these guys just have to play better. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's not afraid to say he made some bad pitches for a pitcher too. Or he, he'll say something like, you know, he's going to want that pitch back. Or, yeah, there was one thing that, where he said about Jordan Zimmerman. He said Jordan Zimmerman really has to work on his uh, pitch selection. You don't throw a cookie to a good hitter. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and, and so and a lot of people got mad about it, but I think he wouldn't have said it if Jordan Zimmerman couldn't have taken it. Right. Jordan Zimmerman used it as a learning experience. And you Not- know what's funny is in that same post-game show, they were talking to Jordan Zimmerman about it. He smiled and laughed. And he said, yep, <laughs> if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Someone did yell at me for uh, retweeting Dibble. Eh, not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Yes. I'm looking here, uh, just kind of wandering through. There's a thing up, and it's actually by Keith Law, your favorite person, Matt. Yeah. Um, on the, I've got no problems with him. <laughs> on the draft. Um, 
and I don't actually have any thoughts on this. I was just looking through. I really hope this kid Kyle Zimmer doesn't fall to us because I don't know what we're going to do with a Zimmerman, a Zimmerman, and a Zimmer. Yeah, that'd be kind of – we'll have to trade a Zim, the pitcher Zimmer. Sorry, You're man. just saying that to make me mad. <laughs> You're just saying that to make me mad. I know you don't mean it. <laughs> yes, well, I mean – yeah. That's probably of those that would be traded. Zimmerman Ninnin would be the one. Zimmerman Ninnin. <laughs> no, actually, I thought we'd trade uh, Ryan Zimmerman, you know, because he's having a bad year. What good has he been to us so far? Yeah, but if you look at what and, the and you know what? actually, we should have just cut him. A good point, because look at that terrible win loss record that Jordan Zimmerman has. Yeah, I don't want to trade any of them, but I think <laughs> you're looking at the Nationals' weaknesses and what can be replaced in the offseason. If they, you know, say, sign Zach Grinky and well, they're not going to sign Cole Hamels now. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't think that's necessarily true. But just, you know. Hey, guys, you know, with how poorly both the Zimmermans are playing, do you think we could package them together and get the leader in the MLB in wins in Derek Lowe? Ooh. Uh, wow. You know, word on the street is he he pitched a complete game today without recording a strikeout. That's fun. Uh, but I think I have, we I, I can't confirm that. I'm, I'm I think go. we should talk up to our intelligence level and not down to uh, the 106.7 intelligence level. Oh, I like to have fun with them sometimes, though. Okay. Uh, but let's – uh, I think if they do trade Jordan Zimmerman, it better be for – It'd be in a big package. Very nice. Yes. Something along the lines of, I don't know, Justin Upton. <laughs> and actually, Matt, you are correct. Nine innings, six hits, four walks, no strikeouts. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. That is crazy. Yes. Now that I said things that completely didn't make sense, no one has responded to me. <laughs> and actually, but, he's got, you say that like it's surprising. Yeah, holy crap. He's got no strikeouts. Four two, walks. Three, four. This makes his fourth game of six innings or more with one strikeout or less. That's insane. Including a seven and a seven and two-thirds. And people like to talk about John Lennon's strikeout-to-walk ratio. <laughs> That's funny. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is insane because he gave up four walks and zero strikeouts. He got zero strikeouts. You know what that does to a guy's strikeout-to-walk ratio? We've already gone over two hours. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We have. How about so I think that? it's time for some final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts. Well, Matt, you didn't even have a first thought, so what's your final thought? So kind of you, David. <laughs> well, my first thought is I like tater tots. Brought to you by Orida. <laughs> Brought to you by Orida. And IHOP. Come hungry. I'm, I'm afraid you're going to get sued. <laughs> I don't think you can get sued for advertising things for free. I, I don't know. I feel like they'd find a way. Because, <laughs> you know, they're trying to make money all about the dime well i think uh i think uh a couple of our guys need to hit up on get yeah get locked in on the offense 
Um, I'm looking forward to Ryan Zimmerman waking up a little bit, and I think it's exciting what we've seen from Bryce Harper the last couple of days. Even though the Nationals lost today, it's he hit another home run. I'm hoping maybe he's figured it out even a little bit at the major league level. I also think that we are going to kill the Orioles. I hope you're <laughs> correct about that. <laughs> um, my my final thought if you can call it that, is... Um, we'll go with your middle thought. Middle thought, thank you. Is that uh, that, that Rob Dibble is just made for sports radio. He can just incite people the way... Like, if you think about what sports radio is, it's basically the trolling of sports media. Maybe that's why 106.7 sucks so bad. They don't troll well enough? No, they troll... The reason I think they suck so bad and why everybody else thinks I'm wrong is because he trolls so – they troll so well because they're terrible, you see. Ah, uh, yes. That's, that's fairly accurate. <clears throat> uh, as for me, I'm excited to get back so I can actually watch these games. For those of you wondering, hotel internet sucks. So I've listened to a couple, but I haven't been able to see much. And then actually next week – we're we're back to a normal schedule Thursdays at eight live on Blog Talk Radio. So catch us then. We'd like to thank uh, Creative House for the assistance to our logo. You can follow them at Creative House SA. I'd like to thank the Isotopes for our intro and our outro. You can follow them at the Isotopes. You can follow Matt at Soda Pop six five four eight. You can follow Dave at David Huzzard. You can follow me at Sultan underscore of underscore stat, and you can follow the show at Sits of Natstown. And that, Nats fans, is your citizens of Nats Town on Tuesday, May 15th. Until next week, we are Ghost. Excuse me, I won't happen on the show, promise. I think we're already recording. Man. Yeah, we are. Crap. <laughs> you have to cut that out then. <laughs> It's hilarious. Ran into his balls or his ash crack? I think when they say wrong area, they mean the front. And so I think, I mean, they, I think they meant his ass crack because they said it went to. Uh, it, he had it on his shoulder.
Yeah, he had it on his shoulder, but I don't see... How did you get yeah. your balls from your shoulder? You don't wash your hands. Yeah, and you adjust. Mm. Okay. You know? So probably during, during his warm-up, he probably needed to move stuff around. Just reached in there and just moved it over. And oh, man, that yeah. hurts. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. When I first read that, I was like, lol, yes, I love it. <laughs> Uh, Tater tots are delicious. Just not everybody. I don't know. Tater tots. <laughs> Tater tots. <laughs> and cream soda. This episode of Citizens Nat Sound brought to you by Orida. When you're in the grocer's <laughs> freezer section, make nah, sure. No, nah, no, nah, these, these are off brand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Matt wants to be the next Khloe Kardashian. That's what I'm hearing. No. Yes. I'm saying. <laughs> Talk about something while I'm sounding like I'm a retard. <laughs>